0: Well, one doctor says one week, one says two, one says four. It's like... It's probably...
1: Go with the surgeon. Go with the surgeon or the most conservative in this case.
2: (laughs) Three to four. Yeah. Honestly. Like, you and I are at the age where a simple (laughs) sprain takes two weeks to heal. (laughs) An invasive surgery will
1: take you three weeks. I'm hoping it's better, but, you know. I mean, it depends. Like, it could literally depend on the control and, like, and how your hands rest in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know keyboard and mouse is here.
2: Player two Pixelcast episode number seventy-seven. My name is Ken and I'm your host for today, and joining me are Matt Hewson. Hey,
0: how's it going all? It's my first one for the year. The oh. internet gods better play well for me.
2: Is it the first one for is no no, it's not mine. It's not my first one for the year. It's Uso's
1: first one for the year. I was trying to
2: remember.
0: It's my first one since probably October, so...
2: I was just trying to remember whether it was mine, because the last week has been a a bit of a blur, but it's not my first one, and also joining me for not the first time this year is Tim Henderson.
1: Yeah, and thinking I'm the guy who fell over and smashed his head on stairs two weeks ago, it's weird that I have the clearest memory (laughs) that yes, we did definitely record one episode of that a fortnight ago look I my days just fly by
2: and one melts into the other and it is hard to keep things in my mind but one thing I I did smash my head
1: against concrete stairs and tore the pocket of my coat trying to get my hands out so it was a straight face onto hard concrete anyway oh god yeah Yeah, and then I had to go to work it was a you you obviously didn't listen to the previous episode
2: (laughs) 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 but one thing that's hard to get off my mind is memories of my days in the arcade and that will be our main topic for today uh but before that let's talk about some of the games we've been playing uh i don't know we'll just go with things that i'm in the order of things i'm least interested in (laughs) Uh, let's start
1: (laughs) perfect (laughs) judgment remastered Oh wow! You're throwing Team Yakuza under a bus. Yeah, I, I have never. I mean,
2: you know, um, all cards on the table. I've never actually played any of the Yakuza games. I know of them, and I know that people who love them really love them. Um, and I know that there's a lot. There's, I know that there's a lot to those games the most recent one had a really was it a turn-based battle system and i know that they've got like hostess clubs and all that sort of jazz so i know that the series yeah i know that the series has got a lot to it um but it's just something i haven't fallen into and so tim tell us about judgment well
1: i feel that what's happened is you saw what happened to huso who two three years ago or something also had never played them and now he's played all of them I uh, still haven't finished the new judgment. That's the only one left. Yeah, I still haven't started the new judgment. So you're ahead of me. So yeah, um, judgment remastered. It is just judgment on PS5. Um, I will, and it pro- you could make an argument. It probably could could have been a free upgrade for existing owners. Although I'd seen that around, but it is more of an upgrade than I was expecting. Like those textures are clearly quite a lot sharper. Um, and it is running a lot smoother. Like yeah, sixty I- frames is nice. And I paid like a thousand yen for it, so it was like thirteen bucks. <laughs> and I've never had the PS4 version, so I'm not complaining at all. But yeah, I expect a lot of the reason they were able to do the reason this remaster exists. I think is this literally is Yakuza in sheep's clothing. So like, so if... I, I I guess where does the where does it diverge like? Is it that to that? Um it doesn't diverge very much. I'll put that like straight out there. So Yakuza games are for anybody who's never played them, Sega initially foolishly understandably but foolishly tried to like market them as like Japanese Grand Theft Auto and that's just not what they are. They're more like manly man soap opera beat em up brawlers with weird side quests set into like a small block of Tokyo. They're like kind of area contained RPGs would be a better way to think of it, with brawler mechanics yeah, yeah. instead of turn based battle systems, and what's basically happened is the mainline Yakuza games have finally said goodbye to the, you know, pu- puppy-huddling Heart of Gold. I feel like I made some word mistakes there, but whatever. Um, Kazuma's gone. Kind of like the the face of the series kind of left and they've, like, taken, so Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon's, a whole new cast, and they've also made it more RPG-like to the point where I think that game openly worships Dragon Quests quite yeah, a bit, and it it's, like, many, moved, many, into many like moved into, like, to actual turn-based battles, and for those old kind of brawler mechanics, it seems that they've literally just gone and said, "All right, now we've got this other series of games where we've taken some Japanese TV pop star, whatever, and cast him as a kind of quasi-retired defense attorney become private investigator." But functionally, in terms of what you're doing, it is very similar, <laughs> very, very similar to the um classic Yakuza one through six, I guess. And the basic premise of this, for people who've never followed it, I mean, the game itself, at its core, is a few years old, is you play a guy called, um, Yagami, to my knowledge, that name doesn't have any weird, ironic meanings, like when I was playing the last of the, um, Ace Attorney games a little while ago. Um, side note that I find really weird is playing this and, um, like, kind of the old school, I forgot the name of Ace Attorney Chronicles back-to-back, is that this game seems to have a better understanding of how, how the law works, and Ace Attorney seems to have a better understanding of what being a detective is. <laughs> okay. Um, so you actually... Something that you would never guess from an Ace Attorney game is you... The game just kind of starts where you... Because you, cause you apparently, like, 99%. And this is apparently true. I've actually spoken to people who would know that 99% of criminal convictions are convictions. Um, and you could make an argument that the system is broken, or that maybe, like, just defense attorneys are useless over here. Um, But you kind of became a legend for getting some guy off on a murder charge. And you did that by basically proving, um... Not proving by like showing reasonable doubt, so you kind of go, Hey, they don't actually, they can't prove that he did it, which is how it's supposed to work. It was Phoenix, right? Supposed, you have to solve the entire fucking mystery and find the murder murderer through some weird 20 line long twist of events. Um, and then the setup is like that guy is then found to have killed his girlfriend supposedly, and you can't get him off that one, and then that sends your character into like this downward spiral of like, Did I get a murderer off? and he starts a detective agency and therein starts a very slow burning and for the first half of the game really unfocused yeah yeah <laughs> um tale of like big corporations and who done it and conspiracies and kind of like money power plays it does become really good but holy crap I have to emphasize if you don't have time to get into a game just don't bother yeah like this game it's dicks around for book. 10 hours before it starts getting really good mm. Um, and a, a part of that is, like, it has its own, like, all of these games, like, I have very interesting, not always mechanically satisfying, or even narratively satisfying, but always interesting in some meaning of the word, side activities. Yeah. Um, so a part of it is, like, setting those up, and then there are the other things that kind of come up that you can ignore, but would actually benefit your, um, character development insofar as, you know, skill trees and whatnot goes. So, I, I think part of it is, like, they just, I, I'm i guessing, like, they, they churn these games out, so they probably didn't have time to, like, hammer down the pacing, ...of how to introduce what this game is going to be... ...and then get it on track.
0: But... I think the second one does a much better job... ...of getting you straight into the thick of things, so...
1: <laughs> it already it, knows what it, it is. It doesn't have
0: to... Yeah, it doesn't have to kind of set the story for...
1: ...its own thing now. We know who Yagami is, we know... ...presumably, you know, what's coming... And it it—it it straight up just treats itself like a weekly drama series. Like, there are yeah. 12 chapters I'm on the last one. I'm confident I'm on the last one. One, because of where the plot is. And two, because it's not numbered anymore, and it's just called Conclusion or Epilogue or something along those lines. Yeah. I um, mean, I will... <clears throat> right. So, question. Yes. Um,
2: then, so, no shared characters. It's not, like, the same
1: game. So I don't know if there are Easter characters? eggs, but no. Insofar uh, as my playthrough but, is being concerned... Not even like I, a no, whiff, not even a mention. Within, do they exist within the same universe? It is literally the same game world. Right. So they share lore. Then. They share assets. That's how this is doable. <clears throat> <clears throat> right, okay,
0: they right. they do mention like, uh, yakuza like, clans like, that you learn about in the yakuza yeah. games. It like, is they li- it is the clan same clan, world yeah. down yeah down to the lore. Like okay. it is the
2: same it timeline. Is, it's just like, is it one of those things where you have a cutscene and then you see somebody in the background who actually turns up in some of the other games?
1: They, the as game? far as I can tell, they haven't done that, but they totally could do it and they would be able to get away with it because
2: yeah.
1: it would be like if we were both on holiday in the same spot and we're having different holidays and we didn't know we were running to each other at a cafe or something. That's, yes. right, that's right.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. They do mention the events
0: of uh, Yakuza 7 in the second Judgment game. So they, they mention just in passing what happened in the 7th Yakuza game in oh. Judgment 2. So they, they do oh. exist together. Right.
2: And only because I love it every time Tim talks about it, but does this, does this scratch your Shenmue <laughs> itch?
1: Because you know, I, I have heard people talk about them sort of in the same breath, not necessarily. They are the closest thing to Shenmue that is not Shenmue, but they're also completely not Shenmue. They are, I mean, if I'm yeah. being honest... 8 in 10 people, without knowing what their general tastes are, I'd probably tell them to play a Yakuza game instead of Shenmue. Like, it is more more accessible, more broadly appealing, more game-like, frankly. Um, it just lets you do things on your own time. It's a lot more... It is a lot more you do what you want. You're not at the mercy of time. It is a lot snappier if you want it to be, but it's also... Um, well, I say that, but I, I, I do emphasize the story takes a very long time to get going in this one. Which uh. bit of city are you playing in? So it's like- come it's a fictional part of um, Tokyo. It's kind of like a mishmash of like, real-world kind of red-light districts called Kamurocho. And that's it, sadly, outside of like visiting some like one-off large corporate buildings. Sometimes these games will go to Osaka or Fukuoka or Okinawa, okay, but this one doesn't look like it's going uh, to. Yokohama in
0: 7 and the second one.
2: Alright, well... All red-light districts... From red light districts to dead light districts. Let's talk
1: Way. about it. Hey, <laughs> you know, I could have talked about uh, the combat. You had plenty of other segues coming, but all right, I, I missed, I missed
0: your segues, Ken. They're, they works of art.
2: Again, we're calling, we're calling attention to it. So <laughs> just let it we, be. Just we let can't not do it. Just, just let it fly. No, just let it go. It's so <clears> dying <throat> light. Too. Yeah, I want to hear about dying light because you know the first game is beloved
0: I think mm. like it's I got a very I, big fan base like yeah, a I really think acknowledged, yeah
2: I think people acknowledged that it was problem I mean it was you know it had technical issues it wasn't the it wasn't like an a plus 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 90 percent five-star game but people who
1: love it love it so yeah, yeah. it came out at the I right think- time to get that base I think so it came out where we are now in the current generation where like there just wasn't yeah, enough much. dedicated good stuff. Yeah.
0: So people would And I try. think it was almost the culmination of like Techland have been kind of toying with this idea of a zombie RPG for quite a while now. They they did Dead Island uh and then they moved into like they kind of took Dead Island and added the parkour to it and and created Dying Light. And I think with Dying Light too they finally realized all those systems together in a really snappy and enjoyable way uh my time with it is, is it's been a blast like i was it was in the end i was disappointed that i was reviewing it because i had to rush through uh to get it done it is quite big uh it's not 500 hours like the bonehead pr guy said uh on twitter but it it, it took me when i was rushing about i guess close to 30 hours to to finish the game and you know do a good chunk of side quests and to finish the story but i felt like i wasn't done like i could have enjoyed more time in it because i really enjoyed the the mechanics that they presented um the parkour this time has been amped up it's it's like mirror's edge quality it's really good and, and as you go along in the game you get access to more uh kind of gear and and, and skills that add to that so you get to wall run, you get a grappling hook, which can whip you around corners, you get a glider so you can leap off tall buildings and, and sail off in the distance. And all these things just add to the idea that movement is, is the key of this game and it, it is a lot of fun. Um, they even added the parkour to the combat, which is, which is very cool. So you can actually stun an enemy by parrying them and then leap over them and fly kick next bloke in the head all in kind of one motion and it all works really well and that's that's super satisfying especially if you're on top of a building and you're knocking people off the edge of the building and things like that it's, you could it's, always it's be really talking cool. about
1: judgment right now
0: could there's be, a lot could of fly be, kicking but... guys
1: in the head in that game if you want it. anyway
0: this <laughs> is it's, it's in first person obviously um and you know with homemade weaponry guns are gone like this is a world that's lived with this zombie outbreak now for... It, it doesn't tell you the exact time frame, but you get the idea that it's been like 20 years since the outbreak. So this is... A, and, and this is the last known human city that these these characters know about. There's lots of little kind of survivor colonies scattered around the countryside, but the game setting kind of the last city known. And, and that comes into the story later on. Uh, but... Uh, it's, it's really quite cool. So instead of... In the first game, at the, the day-night cycle was really important in that during day, you're reasonably safe as long as you stay to the rooftops. Uh, at night, things got really hairy really quickly because the zombies amped up in power. There were different types of zombies that chased you, like, full-on. In this game, they still do that, but it's much more balanced because this is a world that has lived with this zombie outbreak. So the actual city's better prepared to deal with it. Uh, So there's a lot more safe spots where the UV lights are there that keep the zombies away. There's a lot more uh, areas to get away from being chased. So it feels much more balanced. Whereas in the first game, it was terrifying to go out at night and to the point where most people didn't go out at night because it was... Unless the story said you absolutely had to, you didn't do it. It was just too much. Uh, This game... You go out at night, and uh, it's still a challenge, but it's it's the right side of challenge. It's not like terrifying if you if you keep your head about you, you can get around at night quite well. If you make a mistake, things go bad very quickly, but you can get out of it. Um, so it it added that extra kind of balance to it and made it feel like a more more complete experience instead of just a series of systems that mm. they kind of put together in a game. It, it actually plays into the story a lot better. You know, they go out at night because buildings uh, during the day that are chock full of zombies hiding from the sun, they're not in there at night. So they want you to go into those buildings at nighttime because you can obviously handle them a lot easier than, than fighting a swarm of zombies. But, uh,
2: so we talk, you've talked about movement, you've talked about... I'm assuming you said no gun, so therefore it's primary, primarily melee?
0: yes uh pretty much all of it there is bow and arrows later in but they're they're useless like that was one of my big gripes with it i i liked the idea of being like zombie william tell uh but yeah the bow and arrows are really underpowered and i ended up just not bothering and and keeping an extra
1: melee weapon instead i have a question for for ken now has this has this ruined the game for you has this turned you off at the (laughs) the idea that the bow and the (laughs) arrow is useless
2: No, no, um, not at all. But I have heard, like, multiple people, like, when this game hit out, hit two weeks ago? Yeah, about that. About that, and reviews, you know, there were a whole bunch of reviews, and some people really, really enjoyed it, and and some people were like, um, it's enjoyable, but not great, and I think I read an interesting, I can't remember where I saw this, but I read somebody's, some interesting um, take was that like the game is made up of a bunch of systems. and I think like ultimately it depends on how well you gel, how, how well you gel with them. Yeah, because they are I think they said something like overall as a game it's not great, but there are some, some there's some hint at really great systems underneath overall the game is Hmm. i'd I'd
0: argue with that i think it's very i think the the especially if the movement clicks with you it's going to go to a long way to determining how you feel about the game Mm. but i i I honestly think they've done a, a really good job with this um i there are issues don't get me wrong it's far from a perfect game and i had you know like i said i had issues with the 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 weaponry at times and and there were certainly some rough edges to be found uh with within the world because you know this isn't like this isn't being made by sony this isn't being made by i guess ubisoft or anyone like that tech land in the scheme of things to make this this style of game is pretty ambitious um so i kind of almost feel like a bit harsh calling out some of those rough edges like nothing i encountered broke the game for me in any way at all i saw some people had some especially pc i think it's had some buggy issues uh, but my time on the xbox was was pretty good and that was pre-released before they released a massive a day one patch that that fixed apparently a whole bunch of stuff that I never really came across... I came across some audio issues that where the, the audio would drop out for a bit or, you know, a zombie stuck in a car or, or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh But overall, I found it pretty well polished. I I think the story is probably the most disappointing aspect for a lot of people. For me, I was never expecting much of a story. Like, it was serviceable. The story was fine. It did its job. It gave me a reason to be there and that was good enough I guess for me I wasn't looking for
1: I mean in this kind of game you know I mean the story of that the story of how this game had a story and then didn't have a story or whatever is a story in and of itself that it's kind yeah, of been through
0: a ringer it's been a hell of a hell like they announced this way too early they uh, you know delayed it like six times I think in the end but the fact that it came out like this I thought it was a, a hell of an achievement to be honest like that they got it out and for things to feel as good as they did when I played it. So I guess maybe I was a little bit more forgiving because that's the way I felt about the whole the whole thing. Um, but I, I honestly had a blast, and and I, I'm hoping they put in a new Game Plus uh, mode soon it. so I can go back and, and play with the things I didn't get to play with because I was running through trying to get it done for review embargo. Um, so I, I really You act it. like I don't there's nothing perfect.
1: else that's going to come out that's going to make that impossible for you to oh, do. Yeah, you do. It's not 1996 uh, I anymore. Hope. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: I hope. But I, I, think, I think it's a really, really good effort, and I think people like me are going to really enjoy it. I think there's going to be a big, really big, dedicated crowd again. It's done extremely well on Steam. It leapt into the most played games in Steam instantly, like, of all time. It's already Damn. been there. Yeah, yeah. so... Like, it's in the top 50 already. Um, that shows that there's a real thirst for for the game, man. And the first game had such a dedicated audience. Uh, it's not a surprise. And Techland supported the hell out of Dying Light 1, so I expect the same. Like, they were putting out DLC for Dying Light 1 last year. So, you know, that that's a long, long support. And they promised the same again for Dying Light 2. So I expect that it will have
1: a long and healthy community again did that, you, that enjoy did you, this brand. Did you play like that? any of that DLC? I always wonder if like, it's just kind of a smart move. The, the DLC is literally kind of a way to content test for what you do and do want to like end up in the sequel. I, I
0: played uh, two of the major pieces of DLC of Dying Light 1. One of them took it outside the city, and that was quite interesting. I didn't find it quite as satisfying because obviously movement wasn't as important. 'Cause you're in farms and things like that, yeah. so you had you had to have cars and stuff like that. But then another one was in the city and that was that was really good. But I, I didn't play there was a lot of like little bonus DLC like extra missions or, you know, challenges and things like that.
2: Yeah. Well I'm looking at the stats now and mm. Dying Light Two is number eleven on Steam's <laughs> most played games. Yep. And from there we're gonna be jumping to number two on that list, Lost Ark. Wow, I'm gonna. That's what I've been playing. I've been spending a few hours. Do, do you need to do? Do either one of you have to want to call attention to that segue? No? We were trying so hard not to do a any right. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Although hmm. this this list, I mean, honestly, this list is terrible. Apparently, <laughs> something called uh, this is actually on. Before I go into Lost Ark, let me talk to you a little bit about this is actually from steam yeah but number eight on that list is wallpaper engine
0: yeah because everyone bought that to make their own wallpapers it was like free for
2: ages it's six dollars six dollars and 49 cents wallpaper engine right (laughs) um i've been spending a lot the last couple of nights spending a little bit of time in lost art just came out and It's a action RPG with MMO elements. It just released in Steam about three days ago, on the 11th or the 12th, uh, 12th here in Australia. And but it's an old game. It's actually been out in Korea for like two years now. So I think they've had a lot of time to polish it, polish it up. Because what I've played, I've played about three hours. Is Pretty good. In terms of action RPGs, like, if you're expecting a Diablo experience, then you're gonna get a Diablo experience. That's kind of what they're going for. And you go in and it's exactly, it scratches that exact itch. Um, writing and stories is pretty abysmal at this point. <laughs>
1: Um, it, the, the writing is just a shockingly, shockingly bad. Is it um, just bad, or do you think this is just another symptom of we don't have to pay translators anything? so Let's just pay <laughs> no, some university I, I guy with a dictionary. No, I think it's more
2: that it's it's a very rote fantasy type of like. Le- legitimately, when the when the when the game opened up, it's like you're your destiny has shown you the path and this is the path of light and the light will light your path towards your destiny like something along the lines of that. It's just like light, path, destiny and...
1: Hero, light, sword, dragon, kill. Yes. Abyss... uh, The the
2: abyss of chaos is legitimately another thing. (laughs) And abyss of chaos and the pride of lions will lead you to something, something. I mean,
1: that's just a fancy way of saying a group of lions...
0: Yeah. Fisher uh, price my first fantasy it sounds yeah. like.
2: And and and, the, and this is this this made me chuckle quite a bit. But in the lore of this game there is a long a, a long long war between the mortals and the demons and the various things So the demons are coming to try to take over, over, over. but because the war was a long
1: standing war it's legitimately in the game called the chain war. Because Honestly that's not as bad as I was expecting. like we date we name oh, stuff. It, really dumb things. It mm. it's pretty bad. But
2: I mean the, the, what's what's been good about this game, because it starts you off the, 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 the early game is very generous in terms of its skills, skill points. The character creation is out of this world, but you can spend a lot of time uh you know Personalizing and you know making each each character extremely unique—that's great. Um, combat is action RPG. You click you click with one mouse button to move. You click with the other mouse button to to attack your basic attack, and then you use your keyboard to launch off a whole bunch of skills. But the early game has been really generous. So I start I started two days ago. They start you off at level 10, and they've given you about six or seven skills already unlocked. And it's just some some of these skills, even at this very early stage, is like, holy smokes, that feels powerful. Like, I feel powerful. Sounds I feel like, I like can take
1: these things on. Sounds like onboarding you onto an RPG that's been out for many years, and they just need new players yeah. to be able to get up to speed.
2: Well, I mean, one of the, my, one of my major gripes with Diablo is whenever you start, you're naked and you're... carry the crapness of things
1: right a a twig in that that, game though sounds like the hand of god coming to smack a skeleton on the skull though like
2: yeah
1: Yeah, i see your point and but you know it's generous it makes you feel powerful and i think somebody
2: else was writing about it today like on on pc gamer or one of the other big sites um they use a few like tips and tricks from fighting games to make it feel powerful something called hit stops you know like when you hit something it feels impactful and and that's part of the visual element you know they they sort of hang in the air for like a microsecond, and then you know you feel them sort of like fly back um everything feels impactful even at this very early stage like i've taken the martial artist which again feels very much like the like the monk in diablo but i'm like fist you know like 50 fists yeah punches, you know, like flurry of fists and you like and things just sort of hang back and then they burst and they fly backwards and they just then burst into all kinds of tiny pieces and i've got a lightning kick which i do a do a flip and then you know lightning strikes from the sky and it's like this is level <laughs> at the start this is two hours in and if you're watching some of the videos that's, that um, the developers have been sharing, it gets pretty crazy, like tornadoes and meteor storms and just gigantic things that just fly out of the sky. So it's eventually just, you're
1: going to have to be, like, summoning comets into smash into the planet or something to make pretty, it seem like a slam Pretty much,
2: up. pretty much. And it's interesting because, yeah, that, I mean, that actually then goes into its skill system because... You know, like in Diablo, you put your skills in, you put your points, and you're like you have to have you have to have a really careful think about how you're spending your skill points. In Lost Ark, skill points are free to reassign, so you can just plus minus whatever you want, whenever you want, within your subclass, within your class. <clears throat> so if you are like, oh, I've got this skill, I've maxed it out, it actually doesn't work for me anymore. I can take all the skill points out of it and just dump it somewhere else and that's an ongoing throughout the entire game you can just dial up and down various skills as whenever you want to i'm like okay that's interesting that's that actually makes me want to experiment within the mm, confines of this game like i'll try this skill maxed out with all these additional modifiers because every time you skill it up and it goes to a new level you you get to you know add modifiers to that ability it gives you all these other things it unlocks further things but it might work for you maybe in the first half an hour but then you find that okay this this skill doesn't quite mesh mesh with my gameplay style so i'm actually gonna dial it down take all those skill points dump it somewhere else and let's give it a try there's a lot of experimentation my one major, major gripe about this game is the lack of pants and clothes on the female characters. There yeah. we are. <laughs> the old, the old uh, bikini armor. It's back. Oh, it's, it's very bad. Like, at this stage, I've only picked up one piece of armor for, like, the shirt and the pants, and they're literally just, be- like, a bra and a
1: and panties. Yeah. Mm.
2: And... I've picked a female character because some classes of some of the subclasses within the major classes are are gender specific so huh. sex specific so there are some subclasses which are only for the male version of that class and some subclasses are available only for the female um subclass um of, of gender of that of that
1: class the leggy gender so, um, let's say.
2: So, in martial artists, you can take a male martial artist, and they've got one subclass, or you can take the female uh, uh, martial artist, and they've got other subclasses. So, I've taken the subclass I chose, because it was a fast-moving martial artist, um, was a female, and I've got an armor change, and she's literally just wearing thigh-high boots, underwear, and underwear. Oh my, guys. It's two thousand. Yep. Twenty-two. Yeah, I was going to say two thousand and twenty, but it's actually two thousand
0: and twenty-two. Doesn't surprise me though. I'm playing King of Fighters fifteen at the moment, and May is still quite embarrassing to to see. You know, so she is still extremely booby. She is very booby, and uh, that animation hasn't changed. I don't think in ten years. So, it's it's it
1: feels bad now. Like it just it felt back bad then. Bad back then. I you remember know, like when I had. Soul Calibur in my dream cast, and like I wanted to learn Ivy's a character and I had to get her secondary costume so I didn't feel embarrassed if anybody else walked in the room and walked in the door like so yeah. getting caught with the porno by your dad you know it's <laughs> like well look at the porno at least it's a porno like it, like that's what it is yeah <laughs> yeah
2: so you know um, all in all still pretty fun um, it, like it's a it's an They've had a lot of time to refine the combat because it's been out for like coming up to three years now. Um, It's free to play, so definitely worth a try just because it's free to play. Um, It's linked to your Steam account, so if you already have Steam, it just you just sort of load it up and you don't have to start up another account because that's one of the things that also annoys me to no end with other free-to-play games it's like every single
1: everybody wants their own launcher
2: wants their own uh, (laughs) account right so this it's easy to jump into easy to play um because it's free to play there's obviously all of the free-to-play guff like
1: maybe it's pay for pants maybe that's where they're going to get you
2: maybe that's where they get me pants um but I haven't, like I said, I only, I'm only three hours in. I don't know how egregious that free to play stuff might be. I've heard a few people, you know, I've read a few things online, Tech Raptor, um, that say that you can actually progress through most of the game without being bothered too much. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um, is so- it's
0: just a quick one? Like the other big free to play Diablo-style game is Path of Exile. And, like, I've dived into that a few times, and the biggest problem with that is because it's been running so long and it's so big, like, the skill tree is, like, mind-bogglingly... Bogglingly? Like, it is... Bogglingly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it is ridiculously hard to get your head around where your skills are going in that game because it is so big and so enormous. Is that a problem here, or is it, is it quite easy to understand the I way think- your skills develop?
2: I think it's easier to understand i think path of exile has this weird like super big like node and node system where one thing links to another it's like a really really complex system to understand um lost Ark is far easier to understand because <clears throat> every you have looking at my character screen there's probably about 20 to 30 different skills that I will at some point skill up mm. and that but it's pretty easy to understand what at least at top level what each skill does because every time you then level up a particular skill it's a modifier to that specific skill so if you like the lightning kick mm. every time you level up you're just making that lightning kick more powerful more effective and it's not like Path of Exile, where like every tiny node adds like plus zero point three percent something something. It's like it makes a very substantial change to that yep. skill. So every time you level up, you're like, okay, this there is a marked difference, but it's still effectively the same skill that I like. Okay, um, cool. So it's easier to understand, and the impact is easier to see and visualize on within the game. Cool. So huh. it's not necessarily less complex, but I think the way it's been laid out makes it easier to understand. Um so, you know, that's cool. Um but yeah, Lost Arc, it's 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 a good time. I'm gonna be doing a player two plays video for it. Uh but I as as always I usually like to go in a few hours into the game so people don't just watch me play the tutorial. <laughs> so I'm just So I'm just going to go through a a little bit more and then I'll do a player two plays and then put it up on on our YouTube channel. Yeah, but otherwise, good, good, solid, free-to-play game.
1: Free-to-play thing for those who don't have a Game Pass yet. Yeah, right.
2: On that note, uh, we're going to take a break and when we come back, let's talk about arcades. Sega is leaving arcades, the arcade business completely. Um, They've sold off the remainder of arcades in Japan, which marks a real... I don't know. What's the word for it? An end of an era. Because Sega arcades in Japan are pretty amazing places from the few that I've been to in in my one trip there. 20 years... 10 years ago. (laughs) But... This is, this trend of arcades closing down is not new. It's, that's the way the whole industry's been going. And that Sega has finally called it time and called it quits is, is a really sad moment. Um, I thought that for the, today's episode, we'll just be talking about arcades in general, what we used to love about them, um, where we think they might go next maybe if we had to look into a crystal ball and well just really just reminisce um, on our love for arcades uh, Tim you're hmm. there our, you're our journalist and reporter on the ground there yeah. in Japan
1: sorry I lost the doubt specifically time,
2: when's the last time you went into an arcade
1: and here's the harsh part is I don't I the last time I thought about it was very recently and I was like there's a club seeker just there maybe I should go into that before it's not anymore um and then I still didn't so the last time I actually went into an arcade I don't know probably four years ago like first time I ever visited Japan I was like trying to just I probably wasted a whole day just watching shit in arcades I mean like holy shit like just look at this wonderland and like over time it's just like ehhhh no. home technology has caught up a bit some of the stuff that arcades have done to try and stay relevant have made them less penetrable especially if they're not in english
2: Hmm. did Um. you find then that like between the first time you went to an arcade in japan when you landed there and now that somehow those arcades felt a bit like a time bubble like you're stepping back into time
1: I mean, a little bit. Virtual fighter five is still pretty common from memory, um, but mostly it's like they've been slowly eat, being eaten by like putikuta machines and prize games,
2: right.
1: um, and machines. I and that seems like a dangerous business when smartphones are just getting more and more filters attached to the cameras every day.
2: I don't get the context.
1: So putikuta is literally just standing in a booth with your friends and it's mostly aimed at right. high school girls or junior high girls, and taking taking photos. photos. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. once... I mean, if you can get a selfie stick at the 100 yen store down the street for, like, two bucks, then why... Why would most people still do that? Like, they may have backgrounds and different things, but, like... It's not something you can only do there like that anymore. And I think that the whole industry is, like, struggling to, like, find... What does this only provide... Now versus what it could only provide 10, 20, 30 years ago.
2: Yeah. Because arcades used to be the place where they test out new tech. Um, Mm. I remember, and this was at a time when home consoles just did not have the power that arcade machines did. And I remember conversations around Virtual Fighter 2. I mean, we keep coming back to Virtual Fighter, but Virtual Fighter 2 and Virtual Fighter 3, and was it the AM boards that they were using?
1: Yeah, Model 1, Model 2, Model 3, and like there's this whole thing about Model 3, like this chipset, like being traceable back to like a space station or some sort of shit. Yeah,
2: yeah, and those, that type of tech was just.
1: Unable to be miniaturized. And Virtua oh. Fighter six in nine. Virtua Fighter three. Sorry, in nineteen ninety six. Like, just go watch some YouTube videos of the, that game, and then think about anything else that came out in nineteen ninety six. Even even a direct
0: comparison to like Tekken,
1: which was probably the ma- major yeah. competitor. Like yeah. like arcade Tekken, difference. or even for matter, like yeah. PlayStation Tekken. You're like, it, it's it, every Sega game that came out in the '90s and arcades was like the crisis of its time. Yep, yeah. and.
2: That's where they used to do like cutting-edge tech, um, but that's no longer the case. When computing power in both in, in your PC at home and your console, your console under the TV is is more than capable of doing that now. Um, that 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 tech, that power, that processing power has now been miniaturized and also, you know, made cheaper to a point where you could you could just buy one and put it underneath your your console I remember
1: I can't um, remember who it was so it doesn't matter who it was somebody on my Twitter feed a few years ago was, I think like, there were still arcade machines in bowling alleys and places and they'd yeah. noticed that like literal smartphone games were now blowing up in these things for like a dollar a play like, there's, was, a,
2: there's a literal Flappy Bird arcade machine yeah yep. like a proper Flappy
1: Bird and you get tickets for how
0: far you get through
1: hmm.
0: so that's, nobody gets any because it's Flappy Bird yeah, I like. I went to one like last weekend with the boys. we were waiting for the movies, and there's one downstairs. And there's, one, there's one in Canberra. It's kind of really uh, multitasked, I guess. There's it's it's got a couple of escape rooms. It's got uh, a bowling alley, uh, like just with three lanes. It's got uh, it's like, like just a an bar. amusement
1: complex kind of place. Yeah,
0: it's got a bar and a pool table, and then it's got the kind of arcade area. And there's a lot. I, I was in there, and there's a lot of things that you can do in the arcade that you can't do at home. Like that's that's fun with friends. Like mm. the racing machines, jumping in a Daytona seat is always going to be more fun at the arcade. And the, you know, there's a lot of those. Um, there's like big gun games, like House of the oh. Dead, and there's a Halo one. The really you know
1: big gun games where it's like like a full mini gun, like chain gun, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Like between your exit,
0: like oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're they they're a lot of fun and. And so I, I think there is something that arcades, if they're, and this one seems super successful. It opened up in the last 18 months and it has been going gangbusters because it kind of spread itself across the whole spectrum. Adults can go there. There's a bar, there's a pool tables, there's the bowling alley, there's the escape rooms, but also you can take the whole family there and do the arcade thing. It's downstairs from the cinema, so it, it, it's a, in a good spot, Um I think that's the future of this kind of arcade experience. It's not big enough to survive on its own. It needs to be brought into a kind of broader structure of entertainment things that you do out and about. I mean,
1: that, yeah, it just strikes me as like the machines themselves could still have a place and they could, where they have been, like the movie theaters, just like the classic one, remember, like the most local yeah. major movie points to me at least. I think I had a boutique local one, but, like, the most major one. Like, it used to, like, just have, like, a couple of Sega Rally machines there or something, and that eventually got replaced with, um, Crane Games. But I would say the time now might be right to, like, put real games back in there as opposed to, like, prize machines and those things while people are waiting for the movie or whatever. If it is a gimmick that they can't, like, do at home, be that a light gun or a friggin', um, what was it, like, the Luigi's Mansion arcade game, I think. (laughs) We have, like, this is, like, an actual giant vacuum. There's a, there's a Mario Kart one um, that's actually quite good. No, the Mario Kart arcade game is yeah fun. Yeah. And it's Mario Kart, so nobody's going to be scared of it. That would actually be like a brilliant thing to um, put there. But I love that this is kind of full circle to me, because my earliest arcade memories... None of them are actually arcades. Yeah. Like, none of them are a time zone. The, f- the very first one was actually, like, a hotel bar, and I like have this distinct memory of... An- I was five years old, so I-, I don't actually know, but I'm pretty sure... It was Space Invaders, Centipede, and Galaga. So, I'm, like, really gone with it. So, they were probably old already by the time it's they ended that one. I think they were standing cabinets, but, like, they were kind of small, sort of like, um... Why how- did you describe that tech again? Like, what is, like, just bright lights. Um, I forgot. Oh, what. the Vector. Yeah, it was, like, I think at least some of it was maybe Vectory. I'm not sure I've been reminded of this recently because, like, Tim Schafer was tweeting out, like, he's found this old, like, game, yeah. game for,
2: like,
1: 1982, which is, like, just before I was born. And it looks fucking amazing, frankly. What? Yeah. Um, yeah, so my first memory is, like, that and just being, like, what is this? Because I'd never really seen video games before. And then after that, that is exactly it, like, just some side-scrolling thing while you're waiting to pick up your fish and chips.
0: Yeah, we, we used to go up... Uh... There's a fish and chip shop above the beach where I spent a lot of time growing up because I was in the surf club and nippers and all that. And you'd go up there to get hot chips uh, and you'd be in line longer to play Mortal Kombat uh, than you would be to get your fish and chips. So it always took you half an hour to get your fish and chips because you had to line up and play Mortal Kombat first and then good Good problem for the business to have. Good problem for the business. But, you know, that was when Mortal Kombat, like, blew up. And, you know... Everyone was like keen to see if you knew their fatalities. You were the the greatest kid at school, yeah, sort of right. thing.
1: For, for scale, when um, this was at its peak, if we go back to Virtual Fighter Three, I think in Tokyo when they were like they had probably had a dedicated arcade or two for like fine tuning it, and people apparently would line up for, like up to eight hours for like a single round. Insane. It's it's
2: quite interesting because that you we we bring up Virtual Fighter multiple times because actually one of my happiest, most vivid arcade memory was when i first moved here to um melbourne Mm -hmm. and it was the year that street fighter 4 was released into the wild into the arcade because it was not out on consoles yet um they had a few well it was released in japan already as an arcade machine and only a few places in outside of Japan had actual Street Fighter Four machines. And I remember I went to the arcade that was downstairs from the Crown Casino, like within the Crown Casino complex here in Melbourne, because I had read on some random forum that there was a Street Fighter Four machine there. Um, <clears throat> so I'm like, I, I, I love Fight... I love fighting games more than my ability to play them well um but there is just something about fighting games and arcades that just mesh so well together yep and Street it's Fighter amazing 4, if you find
1: some if you're there when somebody who knows what they're doing and you you just actually oh, just sit back and like buy a can of soda or something and watch for half an yeah, hour it's actually pretty it, fun it, it,
2: it's theatre it's absolute theatre and Street Fighter 4 was out it was the first Street Fighter 4 in, in ages um and there was a mystique around it because nobody outside of Japan had seen it. Yeah. No, the, the machines were so rare. Um,. And it was supposed to be out on consoles, but not for another like half a year or so. This was this was the balance testing. This is when you go in and you you try out the new characters and the new mechanics and all of that stuff. And and the music video had already hit. The opening trailer had already hit. You know, the, people have seen the um,
1: the uh, the ink style artwork that Street Fighter is now. A little bit disappointed that that wasn't how the game looked. I understand why, but yeah i'm I'm disappointed that that didn't yeah yeah, like if it would look like that like throughout the entire game rather than when you do the
2: that special move thing but i legitimately went and sorted out and just stood there i didn't get a chance to play because i wasn't the only one who sorted out so Mm. i got there to the arcade um and there was like 12 other people just watching and there was somebody on the machine playing, and somebody's put and the coins there the for next. It's just ridiculously long, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to jump in. I don't know what I'm doing, but I spend that evening just watching people play Street Fighter Four. Mm. And I was not the only one. And I depressing that it's in a just...
1: casino. I kind of, yeah. a, kind of it the wish the kind of wish the scenery was different. But I yeah. guess like terrible carpet and arcades are also a thing that go together. So I like it.
2: Yeah. But I also wanted to come back and talk about a little bit. Um like there are some experiences that arcades can offer, like the big giant chain gun is one. Yep. Absolutely. The one where you sit in the booth and shakes about with the chain gun, that's that's another. Um but one particular game I loved, um, in my early twenties was Silent Scope. Mm. And that I is. I think something... there was a home
1: port of that in PlayStation Two, and it was like the most pointless yeah. thing ever. <laughs>
2: it probably is, yes. But if you don't have, if you can't cradle that sniper rifle in your hand and actually use the zooming scope, uh, yeah. on that on that thing, like what's the point? Like, but that's an experience that you can't get at home. Um, oh, absolutely, um,
0: and for me. Like, there's a real point in my life where arcades were really important to me. Um, I was a, an exchange student in Chile. I've talked about that before. Yep. I went over to Chile not knowing, not speaking Spanish. So, uh, I got over there. I was living in a small country town. No one spoke English. There was an arcade there. And that was kind of for a long time. That was a really good place for me to go where. The language was kind of an escape. Like it's really hard, and I'm sure Tim know, and and mm. you can know, like when you get immersed in a new culture, it's very tiring trying to keep up constantly mm. and learn the new language. So this arcade became like that that breather, that half an hour where I could go and just sit there and play games with with new friends. Um, like X Men vs Street Fighter was really big uh, when I Rich. got there. So they had the the versus games were all there, um, the pinball machines were really popular in Chile as well. So it, there was this kind of social interaction that I was getting without language uh, that kind of was a lot of fun. You know, if you're good with Ryu in English, you're good with Ryu in Spanish. It, it doesn't yeah, matter. Motorcycle Punch and, is and pretty universal. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty universal. So it became like this real... Escape for me from the you know really tiring effort of learning a new language and learning a new culture, and then towards the end of the year, it became, it it kind of morphed into the fun thing you did with your mates uh, before you went to the pub or you went to you Mm. know wherever whatever you were doing. It it became that thing and morphed into that. So you go and spend half an hour playing Street Fighter or whatever, and then move on to something else. And and it became like it. I look back at it and I often think that. Without that arcade, I think it would have been much harder for me to fit in. Um, it would have been much harder because it was in the center of town. It was right near everything. All the kids kind of went there, and, and they were all about my age, and and it, and it became a real. And I was also a foot taller than everyone, so I stuck to my like dog's balls. <laughs> um, so it, it really it really made my year easier. That arcade. Uh, Because of the universal nature of of video games in general, and and that kind of social atmosphere that an arcade provides, Hmm. that your PlayStation
1: doesn't, your your Xbox doesn't provide that, that but the arcades do. Unless you go to Korea, this is something that actually happened. Weirdly, after when I was visiting friends, because I lived at as people with me on the show know, maybe not everyone else does. I did live in Korea for a year. It was like back in Australia for a year before like moving to Japan, and it was actually. In that in between phase, I went kind of back to visit some friends. I can't remember if it was from a, I did visit once from Australia. Like I went to a friend's wedding in London, which I also previously lived in, and a, it was a um Korean air flight, so it cost me literally nothing to stop me in Korea for a few days. Or if it was early time in Japan, where obviously going from Japan to Korea is like Sydney to Melbourne. It's it's not even an international holiday really. Yep. At least financially speaking, the visiting friends who are still living there, and they discovered this place that we had never discovered before, which was literally just like kind of like huge booths with PlayStations. And you just paid like an hourly rate, and you could like there's probably enough people desk space. So it was like you know leg like, space as well for about probably four people to sit comfortably together. And then like just hourly rate any game you want. You could just take just one at a time. You just like take it up, swap it out. You had a couple of controllers. That's when you discover that weirdly the Sonic Racing games were surprisingly quite good. Um, and they're probably selling soda and beer. And wow, like just sometimes having a separate place it is, doesn't mean you have to go out of your way to go to somebody's house. It really helps a lot.
0: It does because it, it means if you want to
1: bounce to a bar period. else afterwards or whatever as well, it makes just everything a lot easier. Like yeah, just yeah. a central hub. Well, so instead of the sort of looking back, let's
2: let's like try and attempt looking forward. Like, what would? Like, pandemic didn't help. No, I mean it one has of the problems. Not. No, one of the biggest. problems problems but also one of the greatest attractions about arcades is that it is a physical location um it's a physical location with physical things to interact with like when i go to an arcade i want to play video games but some people love their skee-ball skee-ball machines and some people love whack-a-mole and Basketball shot. That's always basketball my favorite. Yeah, like all of that stuff. And I love light gun games, like Virtual Cop and all of that stuff, like Time Crisis.
1: You reckon yeah. Stephen Curry's like banned from those basketball shooting machines? Like if, <laughs> if he walks into a movie theater and they got one, they're just like, oh, fuck. They just hand him a roll of a thousand tickets and say, yeah. move on. It's like, mate, you're on like a $20 million contract. Do you have to do this to us? <laughs>
2: But you some sometimes you just want to win the big teddy, so absolutely, oh yeah, yeah. But um, like it, it requires a physical presence. Like that's that's the attraction of 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 arcades. I think arcades being the the processing powerhouse. That's you know that's that's long gone now. Um, mm. unless they've literally get some type of supercomputer that you can't fit into a house, like like I don't know what you need to do. Well,
1: um, I was but, curious when Huso was saying like I don't know if. Everything else caught up, or if arcades kind of fell behind. Like, it feels like yeah. Sega's, like, it was a big thing when, like, Arcade Perfect happened in Dreamcast, and it was so exciting that you're playing arcade games in your home console for a while, but after a while, I was like, why would I go to the arcade when. If I have. Yeah. I mean, I, after I grew up in the Blue Mountains, so God, there was no real arcade nearby to go, to. it was actually easier to go to a friend's house when I've got, like, better than arcade Soul caliber on my TV.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, 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 it's an odd thing. I think.
0: It, be, it obviously is a business decision at some point that developing tech for home consoles was obviously making more money than developing tech for arcades. And I, I think there's no reason why arcades couldn't be more technologically advanced, because it's essentially a one-trick pony. You're de- developing tech for one game. And the cabinet's so,
1: huge anyway, so you don't need to figure out how to shrink the technology.
0: <laughs> no, so it, it's probably it certainly is i think feasible to think that technology could be more advanced in the arcades still but it's obviously not worth the time or the effort to make that so mm. and, and and i think every every mm-hmm. decision that comes down to it's about the money
2: yeah, i investment. mean it is but that's why i'm
0: saying like
2: that route might not be the the way to go but experiences like physical experiences in-person experiences might is would be the thing to focus on yeah, if I can have it again. Yeah, if you can ever have it again Man. because one of my one of my biggest arcade regrets is not playing that afterburner game with the roll cage that goes like Oh, that was so good too. Like I've never played that. I I've, I've only ever seen it. I've seen it in real life, but I was at the age where I couldn't go play it. But imagine that. In an arcade now, I will be all over that shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the, um, the Star Wars arcade, the recent Star Wars arcade games were actually pretty good. Like, the ones where you go into a pod, um, that was actually really good. Um, you fly an X-wing and you go around blasting things. Like, with the sound and the dark room and the screen and the fantastic sound. Yeah, fantastic sound.
1: Which um, yeah, most people cannot have at home. Uh. which most people cannot you
2: know, yeah so like, it's physical in-person experiences I, I would like another afterburner machine that flies around round, round, around I would love another silent scope where I actually can cradle the a, 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 a gun and hold it close to me that and use just... the
1: cool. the real dilemma there is like amount of because con- for the longest time and it, it was actually kind of a poison to home game design as well where you know by design these games are hard because ne- they needed to get you to put another like quarter in the machine mm, or yeah. dollar if you're in Australia so it's actually way more expensive um that that's just not gonna fly anymore um yeah Yeah. like that whole idea of lies like it's a hangover from arcades it took way too long for like why do console games have these like they need to find i guess procedural generation or something they need to find a way to keep enough content there to make you want to keep or just be good enough like like freaking daytona usa people still play that like yeah there
2: is just something about daytona
1: Daytona um, and Sega Rally. Wherever you go, if there's
0: a Daytona or a Sega Rally cabinet, someone's it's playing always it. being used. Yeah. Always. And,
2: and I, am, I, am, I am in Team Daytona over Sega Rally.
0: Uh, I was a Sega Rally man, but yeah. I was
1: a Daytona boy. I quite liked Rally but, as well, but i play play with it. And again, freaking Daytona came out in 1993. Look at that fucking game. Yeah. It still looks acceptable today. It's nuts. Not, just, not
2: only does it look acceptable, and you know, it's a bit rough, you know, it's fine, but the driving... Like that yeah. that corner turn on on the number two track,
0: yes. Um, oh Getting the gear change is just right, the gear it's change awesome. right
2: from from down to from one yeah. down to three and four, or whatever whatever your preferred combination is, and you're just sliding through and drifting through that that
1: yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that that final turn. Ooh! But if man, I chef's kiss. If I if I really had to take a, a guess, like I I think the concept of a dedicated arcade is basically dead, and what you was talking about earlier. Is probably the best, like for this type of entertainment, it's probably the best shot is to have places that are cinemas, that are bars, that also just happen to have five arcade machines.
2: I mean, we 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 say there is a death of arcade, but I guess you're we're talking about the dedicated arcade machine, arcade center, because mm. like like my son recently went to a birthday birthday. I say recently, but this was like again pre 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 pandemic, pre COVID Pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, but it's like yeah, um bowling alley, arcade, laser tag, escape yeah. room. And the number of kids having birthday parties and the number of is just ridiculous. Like the place is packed. The ridiculously packed. Um Arcade. You, you, some kid has a package where you'd have two games of bowling, and then forty minutes in the arcade, and then another hour in the laser tag is just.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I've... it's it's,
2: it's it, and it's all, and these type of things are all over suburban suburban Australia.
0: They're everywhere. Like there's four or five of them in Canberra alone, and yeah. you know, it's obviously a business model that works for them. That I think when we say the death of arcade, it's not so much the arcade experience i think the arcade experience has just changed it hasn't died Mm -hmm. you're not you're not playing street fighter you're not playing um competitive kind of one-on-one games you're not playing like platform style games like you remember super and ghosts and 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 those sort of things puzzle bubble yeah puzzle bubble things like that you're not playing those anymore um so that i guess is dead but i think the actual arcade the, the the experience of playing video games with friends in a, in a center i think that's still around yeah
1: it, it I, mightn't be as big as different. it used to Bet be but of all different. of those the one that i'd love to see come back is the competitive arcade game because that is a formula that is endlessly replayable yeah yeah i agree like nba jam against your yeah. friends that's
0: just the just one of the best things ever it always will be like you play NBA Jam with your friends and you didn't want to play against the computer. No one wanted to play against the computer. You just wanted to play with your mates
2: and it See, was just so good at that. NBA Jam was your jam, but I was all about the
1: virtual on. Virtual on. <laughs> <He's> getting complicated <laughs> with these little sticks. and
0: Yeah, they made little... those for the
1: Dreamcast. I really <laughs> tried to know, make that bit. console Home Arcade. Oh, but that was so good, virtual on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... The joy of and there's there's money to be made in nostalgia. As you can see, like Arcade One have done really big business on selling these little arcade machines to home. Um I bought a MAME cabinet during lockdown with Yeah, you, you did know, four thousand games and a light gun and the works. And look, the legalities of it is questionable. Uh but I'll wear that. I'm having fun with my kids. I'm playing games with my kids that they can't get access to anymore any other way. On arc- like we got a four-player arcade cabinet, so we're playing Ninja Turtle. I was going to say, yeah. are you
1: playing
2: Ninja Turtle?
0: <laughs> yeah, Ninja Turtle, X-Men arcade,
1: Simpsons arcade. You know, was Golden Axe sort of arcade three-player? I've I've only ever played the Mega Drive version. Years later, saw it running What's on right? an arcade Golden Axe. I was years yeah, later saw Max an arcade version going, wow, look at this. They get bigger and smaller rich. when they go towards the screen on this one. <laughs> no, no, no!
2: That the arcade version, uh, Death Adder's Revenge, um, yeah. uh, is is oh, it's so good. It's really cool, and I'm I like puzzle, puzzle,
0: um, Street Fighter, what, puzzle fighter. Like we have played that for hours against each other. That never gets old. Like playing puzzle fighter is, is just an amazing experience. And so I, uh, I think there's there's still money in the nostalgia of it all, and there's there's people selling big numbers of these arcade units. I mean, to home I was going to say,
2: like, I've talked about how like arcades are physical experiences. There's yeah. legitimately a place just down the road from me, where I am. that zero latency is just down the road from where I am. It's, it's the VR, VR, mm. physical VR, where you put on a headset in a backpack. Um, and I then would love to try to that you. to be fair. And there is something about that. Like, you can talk about VR and VR in the home and that sort of thing, but then to
1: then have no, a I want the walking. I do space, want the walking.
2: That's what that's what I meant. Like to have a physical play space and in VR is just something that's really difficult to replicate at home. Like, mm. there are things and there are ways in which these physical experiences, where it's about the space that you're in that can only be done in a center in an arcade that you just can't do at home. Like, yeah. um, VR in a physical space. Like, that's really cool. Very. Yeah. So I think we should wrap up fairly quickly. We've been going on for quite a while. Um, so before we before we close up, uh, Yuzo, anything to spruik talk about and we've actually got a bunch of content that's going up on the web on the on the website over the last two to three weeks i think
0: we've got heaps going up like usually the start of the year is being is quiet but this year it's just been mendel from day one um we've got the horizon review which is up now horizon forbidden west um that's up jess and paul managed that we've got Dynasty Warriors review coming. We've got a Total War review. They'll all be up by the time this comes up. Um, it's just it's just crazy. Head over to Player Two. We've got a f- spanking new website. I haven't even spruiked that on the podcast. That's how long it's been. Uh, it looks really good. Yeah, it's looks each better now. Looks heaps better because I didn't design it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's going real. Well. Player Two is kicking off, and so head over there and check everything out.
2: And we were at the Lizzies recently.
0: We were. We didn't win, but that's fine. We weren't. We were finalists in best independent coverage and best gaming coverage. So, you know, we're in with some pretty big names in both categories. To be honest, you know, like I, we're in the same category as IGN and 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 um, GameSpot and things like that. So we're we're fighting with the big boys. So we're getting noticed, which is nice.
2: I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure we'll, how whether we can say this, but people like us. I hope so. I think people I'm pretty sure that people like us and
0: I, turn, I turned comments off, so I don't know if they're
2: <laughs> they don't like us. <laughs> well, I was point I was thinking more about you know, the context that you contacts that you have in in the industry. People like yeah, it. I think they
0: do. Yeah. We've got a good I think room. we've 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 made our, our, our niche quite comfortable and, and people appreciate it.
2: Nice. Tim, do you have anything to spruok?
1: I will say that I have definitely not reviewed Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> yeah. there's a story um, behind that by the way it, it may or it may is. not become clear by the time this podcast is up I don't know exactly yeah anyway. but just for the record I've not um, played that game I'll be picking it up on Friday I guess as well most people and yeah and I'm at pretendbeard on Twitter if that matters to anybody
2: oh yeah I actually forgot to, to ask Huzo um where can people find you as well
0: Huzo81 on Twitter or player2AU Either hey, all. Nice. you'll get me.
2: Nice. Uh, and for myself, I've got a recent player two plays up on Moon, Go- Moon Glow Bay. Moon Glow Bay, godly. They got caught in my throat. And I've got another one that should be coming up shortly, I think. And I talked about Lost Art earlier in this episode, so I'll be doing a player two plays for that as well. So uh, find it on our YouTube channel, um, and you can find me on Twitter at Pixel Hunt. And with that,
1: we are out. Bye, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. screen, people apparently photobombed some TV channel in Singapore. They've got two guys kissing and now it's going completely mental and social media.